here listening to Oblivion. It is November 22nd, 2021. <clears throat> Did you get a chance to read that? Uh, the turkey pardoning article I sent you? I, I wish that I had, but uh, I, that sounds like a good one to lead off. With, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. that was, I was well, thinking let, about Biden, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, let me read it to you real quick, and it'll it'll get you all pissed off. So you really shut up. <clears throat> As if there was any doubt, uh, peanut butter and jelly will not be on the Thanksgiving dinner table this year. President Biden pardoned turkeys named after the common kids' lunch ingredients Friday, continuing a pre-Thanksgiving tradition in the Rose Garden after he laughed off a question about whether he would also pardon human beings. As clemency advocates asked him to honor his pledge to free everyone, in quotes, in prison for marijuana offenses. Will you be pardoning any people in addition to Turkey? The Post asked Biden as he returned to the White House after receiving a physical and colonoscopy at Walter Reed Medical Center outside Washington. Biden, wearing aviator sunglasses, pointed at a reporter and joked, are you, you need a pardon? In response to a follow-up question about whether he would free pot inmates whom he vowed to release during the 2020 Democratic presidential primary. Biden said, just turkeys. Top Gun Joe, <sighs> those aviator glasses. That, I mean, that, that says it all. Um, the thing with Biden is that he's a narcissist and an extremist. Like he, he clearly wants to make sure nothing changes at all, even at a time when everything is uh, so clearly at a disastrously bad level. I mean, it's completely collapsed and fallen apart. For example, an attendant topic is 28% increase in drug overdose deaths, uh, the, the period from um, April of uh, 2020 to April of uh, 2021, there was a 28% increase. First time ever, it had been over 100,000 overdose deaths. Overdose deaths, and uh, part of it, of course, is fentanyl. And then, uh, by the way, there was the article about. Uh, marijuana laced with fentanyl in Connecticut, where, you know, right now, of course, there's a situation where Connecticut has made it legal, but they still don't have their apparatus up and running, right? In this amazing capitalist system, all these business people, these scary, smart, super motivated go-getters who are incentivized to get going and make money and get this economy to grow and They've legalized it, but they can't just simply get the pod in a shop and people can come in and buy it. And they know it doesn't have fentanyl in it. But so where you have these situations where it's been legalized, but they don't have the sales and all going, you're still putting people in this uh, weird quandary where you could argue technically they it's still not legal for them to buy it. And of course, that's dumb. And um but anyway, to go back to, to Biden, just just qu- just quickly, let me, you know, I'm I put, go I'm going to put a I'm going to put a bit of shade on this. You know, I question highly whether or not that actually happened. You know, because this fentanyl stuff, it's all part of this 
There's all oh, these sure. so all the that. all the all these stories of you know the um it's the classic part of the class for madness. Yeah, the classic one is is uh is that they um touch uh some of the powder and it like and it kills them. Yeah, it kills them or they go into a coma. There was that video back a few months back of this cop who claimed, you know, that it started going into like a seizure or passed out or something. And it was said because it was fentanyl, but, you know, you know it's because, you know, it's all bullshit because it's impossible. That does not happen. It cannot happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you cannot touch fentanyl and it like do anything to you. You have to eat the fucking shit, you know, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, go on. I was, I just wanted to <laughs> shit on the whole idea of Right, and, and and it's also I, I it just made reminded me real quick about the uh, remember how the vaping there was all this pulmonary, right. pulmonary disease that happened. You have, you have to get po- a lung the, transplant if you. You're right. Yeah, supposedly this happened. Uh, and you know, there's a but bunch of questions. Yeah, and 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 I and I just wonder, you know, was this like a yeah, it could very well have been, purpose. yeah, done by the cops or, right. you know, something. I don't know. But, uh, well, but I mean, speaking of the fentanyl, like, how is this stuff really disabled to get in the country and suddenly it's uh, everywhere? <laughs> yeah, CIA. Everything. I mean, that just, it's totally, of course, just the Mexicans. You blame them for everything, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. Uh, Cartel, it's the cartel. Got a lot of corruption going on in an effort just to perpetually destabilize the American population. Uh, but that's the perfect thing to pin on uh, Top Gun Joe, who, as a president, only exists to celebrate himself. Right? I mean, he had his mission accomplished moment when he said we were free of the coronavirus, and then that was right before surge happened and then by the way of course we've got to talk about what's happening in europe and that's probably going to happen here is already the beginning of it happening here you can see the curves going up again and it's that same sharp uh, increase that that steep uh, increase but with the drugs top gun joe has been in there from the beginning with this hardcore drug war and so you can look at 30 years of of this policy and prisons are full and people are beaten down all the public resources go toward police and criminal justice and into the prison system and the drug problem only gets worse and really these overdoses um are largely preventable if you would just change the the policy uh, decriminalization of drugs if people could just get their drugs from some kind of a store or or pharmacy uh it doesn't have to be done like it's uh getting an espresso but yeah. uh, there's there's many things could, there's many things that could be done along you know not only the decriminalization yeah. but m- making um uh, what is that one uh, opiate that they use for drug treatment? That uh, methadone. Methadone. You know, have that have that available for people. 
you know, uh, for free if, if they need it. You know, because right. because apparently you can function just fine on methadone. Uh, and, and just um, the main thing is right. Make sure that there's purity, quote purity, uh, by having a regulated, somewhat more regulated or open market, right? Right. Uh, uh, but also education. You know, teach people that they shouldn't mix their drugs. That's that's the number one thing that causes these deaths. Uh, is that you know they mix it with other things, uh, just including alcohol is enough. You know, right. if you're real drunk and you shoot up some heroin, you know that can kill you. Uh, just things like that. But of course, you can't you can't educate about something that's evil, right? So. Right, since it's immoral and you shouldn't be doing it in the first place, there shouldn't be any need to talk about it, right? We're just we're not going to do this. So I think we had a similar conversation about uh, the lack of sex education in American education, right? American uh, schooling, because, mm-hmm. well, the Bible says you don't fool around. So what is there to it? You get married and then with the approval of the Lord above, you conceive a child that does not get aborted and it becomes a... Uh, a, a young uh, American, um, but with Joe Biden, uh, there was this uh, sense that I mean, I never bought it at all. I mean, Biden was the only one out of the nominees who just totally made me sick, and most of them still made me sick. But Biden was the only one where there wasn't any way to get over it. And uh, I mean, that's how bad the Democrats are as, as a party. But one of the things about Biden was he was going to get in there and he was going to show us that he was sort of a changed man. And he realized that it's times to change and he was going to open up to the to the Bernie progressive, the, the whack job nutcases. Right. Who think, look, you know, now you've had a record number of uh, people die of drug overdoses. It's time to change our. Uh, drug policy, right? Definitely time to end the war on drugs. Stop making it this violent, yeah, yeah, yeah never-ending clash. Yeah, except, no, except, I mean, except, yeah, um, yeah. You just you blame it on that the drug war isn't harsh enough. That's why it's all these. Uh, you know, yeah, well, I mean, one that would be the response. I read about one of these sad overdoses. This was, I think, a, a nursing student in Indiana, and she. Uh, wanted to get, I think, a, a Xanax, but it was, uh, it had fentanyl in it and she took it and it was too much and she overdosed and, and died. And really the only thing that was talked about toward the end of the article was in terms of how to respond to the problem is harsher punishments. <laughs> like, God, man, like you could do like they do in Singapore and kill the people that gave this to her. It's not going to bring her back to life. And it doesn't, really address uh, all of the uh, causes and the the dynamics that go into why these problems happen. Uh, There was another article I read about, it related to the uh, record number of drug overdoses about how Americans suffer from what was called spiritual uh, agony 
and of course that doesn't really have to be seen in a religious way. I didn't take it to mean that, but just more emotionally and just feeling good about being alive. I mean, in America, we're not really allowed to do that or encouraged to do it, right? I mean, we're supposed to be in this perpetual state of fear. We're going to run out of money. We're going to get our ass handed to us. And then we kind of try to numb ourselves to this fear by consuming. And then the products are there and we're going to do something and it's just going to be all incredible and amazing and the team's going to win the game and the fans are going to rush the field and we can go into la la land and we can escape and um but we're not really just encouraged to on the whole enjoy life because i think if you're if you enjoy life and you're a somewhat peaceful person then you're not just going to have this frenetic constantly violent chronically combative uh attitude and uh, disposition that at this point, Americans, I think it's across the board in the culture, it's everywhere. It's basically all that there is. I mean, there isn't any kind of response mechanism in play other than combativeness. Here's a, <laughs> an article that kind of blew my mind. <clears throat> it's full of interesting statements, uh, including uh, the, uh, the logic of the uh, headline. State troopers seize half a million pounds of illegal marijuana in southern Oregon. <laughs> yeah, I think I read that. <laughs> illegal marijuana in Oregon. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it wasn't approved. So it was like five warehouses that were full of, right. uh, it says 500,000 pounds. It seems seems a little high to me, but okay, maybe. Uh, <clears throat> Um, estimated to be worth half a billion dollars. Uh, right, so. let's talk about how you can't tax the rich and then turn around and talk about how bad it is <laughs> if somebody was trying to make a lot of money off of marijuana. This seizure comes as the latest in a string of similar law enforcement actions in Southern Oregon, including the raid of a 27,000 square foot potato shed in Columbus Falls earlier this year, which yielded an estimated $100 million in processed marijuana. So, yeah. Well, the real problem there, of course, is the fact that we just haven't moved forward as a country and made it federally legal. Mm -hmm. um, and that even in the setups in the, in the legal states, um, well, here's the way that I look at it is if um, if it was just across the board legal all over the country, then even in states where they hadn't made their own laws where you could grow a certain amount for yourself, you could just um, get on the internet and uh, have these, uh, obviously what is a really great place to grow pot in, uh, in Southern Oregon and just have them uh, mail it to you. Right. And, so you would have this, uh, you'd have something functional in a free market. Uh, yeah, and that's why, yeah, and, and this is why. With all this pot is. This is likely what all this here. was being grown for was for the, um, quote, illegal state. Pro prohibitionist uh, state. So, right. first of all, you could say if you just didn't have any more prohibition, then mm -hmm. most of the states would. Uh, have their own shops and people would be growing their own and so you wouldn't have these kind of massive 
grows. But then even if you still had a lot of states where people were going to be bigots and say, no, not here, don't have that here, then you could still have the stuff being um, exported, which is a typical standard free market dynamic of, well, you know, look, I have a whole bunch of this and we're able to grow a lot of it here. We don't need all of this for ourselves. They don't have as much of it over there. They want some, we export it to them. And then somewhere across the, the uh, circle, uh, we get something back for what we're exporting. And uh, that makes up for what we don't have that, that much of. Uh, I'm guessing I'm trying I get the sense, just let me make this one point, because maybe I think you agree, is I get the sense that these articles are reported in this biased way to make it seem that legal marijuana doesn't work. Hmm. And I think that's a directive from... Not, necess- not necessarily this one. It was. It didn't really go into much uh, that kind of talk. Because really. I didn't hear important. about it so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's... A, that, yeah, I'm sure that... Well, I, I read the comments and the... Quite a few of the comments were like, "This is what happens when you legalize," you know. Um, but yeah, the, those people are dumbasses. The um, my whole thing is, why care? I mean, why not just say, you know, what I said? It's like the problem is that we just need the whole country to legalize it, and we're not yeah. going to worry with and it, you know? and it's and just, even I I go like even bags of pot in a state where pot's illegal. Yeah. And I go even farther. I, I go even farther because I, I mean, I can accept the system like they have. I assume it's pretty similar to the Colorado system they have in California or Washington, where it's highly regulated the um, stuff that's made grown, right? So it's like every seed is supposedly tracked, seed to tracked, sale. seed to sale. It's all super tracked. So it's illegal quotes outside of that uh, for the, you know, legit sales. But what's definitely happened in Colorado is it's just kind of wild west, right? There's, um, sure, they busted this $500 million operation. Uh, I guess they got too greedy or whatever. A hundred people. You mean you're talking about Southern Oregon, right? Southern Oregon. More than, well, but yeah, I'm just assuming that all these states, you know, if people get out of control, they get busted, right? But, <laughs> but uh, there's plenty of people that are selling ten, a hundred pounds, you know, a year. That's not right. getting. Uh, but and, the but the bigger problem is that the framework is rigged to fail as long as you have prohibition. Right. Clashing with the legal state effort, because instead of it being this situation where if it's just legal everywhere, then there isn't any need for anybody to go crazy with it in any one certain place. But until it, it is it is that way, and if you're going to be um, reasonable and, and thoughtful in terms of like how to interpret these laws and the effects that they're having. I mean, you have to realize that, of course, uh, the place where it's actually legal uh, to grow pot is going to attract people 
who want to do that. And there's going to be lots of people who say, who cares? Like exactly the number of uh, pot plants there's are, because there's no way to know how much pot there is in Oregon, in California, in Colorado. Now I'm sure that these dispensaries and whatever chain goes up and down through there because they ha they have to deal with the compliance and all of that. And I mean, that is a good thing to have in place. And it would be that way everywhere if you didn't have, it's legal here, but no, by God, we're not gonna do it over here because we're not about that. And because you've got a, a prick for president of the United States, who's always talking about he and his jerk off, do nothing party, the Democrats, about bipartisanship, but now when you have the state's reform act presented from a Republican on top of the Democrats already with their uh, more act that they passed, you don't have a president who will take both of those, put it together, and then push it through and get the Congress to, to just legalize it, and then that would be done. I mean, that definitely has to be a major story about the worthlessness of a of, uh, of Joe Biden. But if you if you have a place, especially out west where there's just so much room and there's so much land, especially in that northern triangle, which is where that southern Oregon area is, it's so good for growing pot. And people have grown pot there for decades. I mean it's just impossible to and that's what I'm saying is okay, so you got a bunch of pot, but on the whole, how much of the pot was that? And they don't know. You know, they do this stuff to make it seem like they just saved the world, you know, while another healthcare system goes into crisis mode, yeah. crisis standard is, of, of care. But, you know, and again, the stupidity <clears throat> of it, the talk, talk about like a dark age, just, you know, Laurel and Hardy, Three Stooges, like numbskull, <laughs> Keystone Cops, like in a state where it's legal, Let's make a big deal out of the fact that we stop people from growing pot. It's bullshit, man. Well, just it is it is bullshit, and it's also just a waste. Waste, man. <laughs> um, and it shouldn't be happening. Like the Democrats control Congress. There's a Democrat in the White House, um, and. But it's the it's the attitude it's the it's the snobby attitude I think of the alcohol guzzling American people and by the way I just think it's as a casual observation it's going to be fun with the holidays uh, basically uh, here to just see all of the alcohol guzzling going on everywhere like on social media in the commercials drink holidays. It's the only way you're going to make it through the Thanksgiving. Follow up. Time to, and everybody, oh, we're cool about it, and we're cool people, and we all understand, you know, we need our drink to make it through the day, make it through the holidays, and this is something we all like, and I'm just going to get all lubed up and kind of zone out. And But, of course, no, we don't smoke pot, and we don't want it here, and it's not an issue. And that's the, that's the big thing with uh, the media is you don't hear anyone talking about this. Like, why haven't we already just gone ahead and legalized pot nationally and be done with it? Like, how far does it have to 
move forward at the state level before everyone would just say, let's just do this. You know, and if you are in a race to be the most backward place in the country, then you don't have to have your own shops and you don't have to make it where it's legal for some people to sell it, but it's legal here in, in the country. Um, but you don't hear anybody talking about that. And I don't really get the sense, regardless of what the polls say about how many people want legalization, that the people are really talking about it. I mean, mainly the sense I get is it's all about, oh, we can't have any more. Uh, we can't have a, mac- a vaccine mandate because of our freedom and we no more mask wearing. And um, but, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about the COVID at all. It looks like, you know, Europe is doing these lockdowns, Ger- Austria and then Germany's pretty much there. And I mean, they're all saying that, you know, this is going to have to be done. The German uh, health chancellor said by the end of winter, everybody's going to be vaccinated, cured or dead. So, um, hey, guess that it means it'll be over. You think we're going to have a <laughs> and while we're, you know, shit on Joe Biden night is uh, is rolling along. Oh, yeah, this is definitely a, a, a big one is uh, yesterday, the COVID deaths for this year exceeded the deaths of 2020. And it's we're now up to 770,800 dead. We're over three quarters of a million dead. And that's that's got to be thrown back at people who insist that there's a difference between Democrats and Republicans and that it's so important that Trump is out of there. And we've got the competent, uh, you know, steady Top Gun Joe, you know, making his quips to the media. Oh, you need a pardon. Uh." And uh, sleepy Joe, uh, you know, what a he doesn't even have to be awake to lead. He can lead from his sleep. And um, so if there's a difference, why did we have the same number of people die and died under Trump now dying under Biden? Like what the hell was different? (laughs) Like nothing, nothing was different. It's all the same that if you happen to live somewhere where the, uh, locally, people are taking it seriously. Then, then great. Otherwise, it's just well. Uh, you know who's really culpable? It's the Chinese. I mean, that's <laughs> they created this in their dirty markets. And uh, well, and I'll have you know, the Chinese don't have Thanksgiving. They don't support that. <laughs> See, if they'd been Christians, none of this would have happened. <laughs> all that, have gotten the whole of them. All that woke Buddhist shit. Look where it gets you. Well, I, I was reading about these riots in Europe, the Austria and the Netherlands. I guess they could have been hot and heavy in the Netherlands. Belgium. Uh, it, it looks like they're mostly most of the protests are against these kind of passports where it's like you have to have a 
right. vaccination passport to go into certain places. People get pissed off, but I saw that Austria is pretty bad. It's like one of the worst in the world as far as the infection rate. Right, and they don't have enough people vaccinated, and the people won't get vaccinated. Uh, but just the way that the Europeans sound when they talk about it, they actually sound, talk about it like it's really serious and bad and like we've got to do something. It's got to be drastic because it's a drastic problem. Hmm. And uh, America, I just think, is uh, going to be determined to uh, pretend that this is not happening for as long as it can. But I do get the feeling that the day is coming when there won't be any opposition to a vaccine mandate. I, I just don't see how th- this is going to abate on its own. And if if every single county gets as bad as Perry County, Kentucky did back in September, I mean, then locally, everyone will suddenly say, yeah, like we we have to we have to do something. I mean, I, I just I think that it, it actually will happen. Mm. I mean, I know that as long as there's yeah. going to be the fighting and arguing that there'll be the um, the argument that the authority isn't there. It takes things too far. But mm. I, don't, I don't really see it. It's got to get a lot worse. Than, I mean, it hasn't happened so far uh, with it being pretty bad. Uh, of course, when it was the worst surge back in January, um, you know, but don't you think that this uh, we didn't have we didn't ha- we didn't have the vaccines, but uh, so it's hard to say. But uh, now I don't. Of, I mean, oh, go ahead. Well, I I just don't I don't think it's going to happen because it's it's just not quite bad enough of a disease for it to get where they're going to do anything emergency. And you got to understand, it's not just the populace kind of deciding this. This is largely, as you'd expect, a, a, a business-run uh, country. And so, you know, they don't want business hindered in any way. Um, so right. why do they fucking care if people are dying from COVID? Uh, they, right. long, long as business is going, uh, that's fine. So that's that's pretty much your answer. I mean, if it was, if it, it was up to, and again, you have the whole problem of support. Um, you know, I'm I'm all into the whole idea of of locking down to a certain degree. I don't think it has to be just incredible. I don't think that that would <coughs> even work at all because it's so endemic. You know, China was able to pull that off because it just hadn't gotten totally out of control. They were able to shut down those cities, and they took early, decisive action. Right, and it was it's just too late for that kind of action here. Now, mitigating things definitely has and does work, but the problem is, is that there's no social support for it. So you know, people are boosted out of work, and even though it's claimed that we spoiled all the workers and they don't know how to work anymore, and all that stuff from the paltry amount that was given to people at three hundred dollars yeah three hundred dollars a week that's just you are just permanently scarred with inefficiency and laziness if you're given that money um 
So, yeah, I mean, there's the two problems with the whole idea is that um, um, there's just no support from the people that run the economy, uh, business side, because they want business to continue. And even if uh, level heads were prevailed or whatever, there was real concern for the population uh, and you had the necessary lockdowns, there just isn't the proper support for the regular person, right? They, you know, there's plenty of support right. for the businesses. Uh, you know, I've hardly heard of a single business that's like had to close because of all this because they got so much goddamn money. Right. Uh, but we we agree that if the social support were there and that it should be there, then you actually could do a lockdown and it, it really wouldn't, other than being maybe frustrating, it really wouldn't have any dire consequences for people, which, right. Um, right. So it's, it's not a matter of this can't be done. It's that the, the major problem is, is yet another thing that the, the country doesn't want to, uh, yeah, correct. But right. I, I mean, I, t I do agree that it's a business run country. Um, but I, I also think that it's that the business runs the country at the uh, capitulation of the people. Right. And I mean, the, people, the people somewhat sense. knowingly uh, yeah. allow tell. the business to have this incredible power. One by by buying into this uh, cockamamie idea of freedom that. Uh, because you're free, we can't do anything to help you stay alive and safe and healthy. Yeah. Uh, but there's just, um, wow, I, how there hasn't been some kind of social movement and social change in America after that kind of neglect and now with Biden in there and everything is just as bad as it was under Trump when, I mean, Trump was, uh, has blood on his hands for denying how bad it was going to be, uh, and when he knew it was on the way and not doing anything. But I'll also always remember, um, Cuomo in New York doing the same thing. And, um, many other, uh, Democrats, governors, and mayors of big cities like the mayor of New Orleans. And, uh, of course, uh, Congress didn't take any action to say, we better do something, we better prepare for this and not let it uh, get out of control. But the one thing that uh, is that you can't deny is that in 2020, there was no vaccine. <laughs> and, yeah. and you didn't really know exactly what was going to happen, how bad it was going to be and all of the cultural problems that were going to be involved. Like, wow, you mean really people are still going to go to the, these mass gatherings, the big churches, the Sturgis rally? Why? Like, who you don't know that it's going to be that stupid, although maybe you, you could say that you should have known. Yeah. But then when 2021 comes along and you get uh, Joe Biden with the aviator glasses, you know, walking across the, the runway, to salute stumbling uh, across the, the runway the raving american uh crowd uh, and um 
you get him in there and, and you basically have every advantage. Uh, and then that's not even talking about uh, what we got into last week with the way that Moderna and, and Pfizer aren't being pushed or made to mm-hmm. share their mRNA technology and that Moderna has something like got $10 billion in public funding, but they're keeping all the profits. And what I was thinking uh, after we had that discussion is, is what the, what the government did is, um, and it worked with, I'm sure loaded and powerful business people, CEOs and, and so forth. Um, They just, took a section of the Department of Defense and they said, okay, we're going to call this Moderna. And it can can have access to all this power and technology and funding, uh, but the front of it is going to be this is this um, corporation and you hear it's called Moderna and it makes vaccines. I mean, I didn't know until you pointed out that the only thing Moderna has ever done is come out with this vaccine. Isn't that correct? Right. Yeah. That was I mean, the whole reason the company was made. The line of uh, of uh, tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't well, mess around. They just went straight to. And one statistic I saw this week, which is kind of one of my critiques, and that's borne out, uh, was that uh, like six times as many uh, shots have gone to boosters in rich country rich countries as have been supplied to the poor countries so i mean basically this booster which i've always thought was highly overrated um especially compared to the more much more important thing of getting people fully vaccinated uh, right you know and, and to stop it worldwide well we need to do the whole world uh, at least that will go a long way with helping but and Exactly what happened is what I predicted was this boosters. It was it was all about the money, right? So it's these uh, millions or billions of, of booster shots, um, uh, big money. You know, that's what it was all about. It's not about protecting people. It was getting the money together. You know, you don't think that there've been um, these uh, studies that say that the vaccine wanes after about six months you think that those are exaggerated or just not sufficiently credible it's not that as much as that i mean you would have to agree that uh i mean for instance that you would need to uh you know be fully vaccinated first before you get a booster right um and that as a worldwide thing as far as getting rid of the booster there's a large areas that are uh, unvaccinated or right, the supply right. is low. And right. there's no reason that I think it would be much, if those doses, um, it would be much more advantageous for the world population if those doses had gone to people getting vaccinated uh, rather than the moderate um, advantages of boosting uh when you've already been vaccinated i mean well i i did read where um i think uh 
Fauci's recommending boosters because there has been an increase in uh, vaccinated people being uh, hospitalized. So that would be a, some cause for, for concern. I mean, I, I think that it's, um, it's one issue to say clinically, is there a need for the booster in terms of the vaccine waning? And then there's the parallel issue of the fact that there are these other parts of the world that should be getting vaccinated but aren't. And I mean, I would I would agree if in the six months between when I got my second shot and got my booster, all of these other people around the world should have then been getting their first and second shots. But now mm-hmm. that the six months has gone by, the fact that no one bothered to vaccinate all those people doesn't mean I'm the one holding anything up because I get a booster shot. It just means that Biden and the rest of these people are sitting there and jerking off and <laughs> just not giving a damn about taking this problem seriously. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't a way to reinforce the world hierarchy where, well, of course, these people over here, they're not having to get vaccinated. They don't matter because they're the whatever's like they're from another planet off a of Star Trek episode that they won't get vaccinated until 2026. See Sally, see Johnny, don't you feel lucky you live in the United States? Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't mean to say that I don't think it was like make you feel guilty about getting the booster. You know, I don't uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, to, I didn't to, take to, it that to, way. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, but, you know, I think I mean, that there, there's time a time for how many people are there around the world in that six month period. Do you think? if people had been on the ball and just sharing this technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Making more of the vaccine. Like, why does oh, that yeah. have to be an issue in the first place? Well, the, they, yeah, that, my, kind of my point is that there is a, there, there's a glut of vaccine now. There's a glut of vaccine, but they're just not giving it to these countries because they don't make the money. That's all there is to it. Well, they could, that's, they could, that's really the outrage. Yeah. And... uh and this whole booster thing it just enabled them to take their hoarded supply that they have now. There's, you know, it's just hundreds of millions of doses are stacked up, you know, ready to go. They could ship them to, you know, today. But I think I think it's the same thing as it is here in America with uh, diabetics. Like we have the insulin. We're just not going to let you have it because we have yeah. to reinforce the message that you don't matter. And that definitely is what drives America. It's always about you. That's why we didn't do anything about Katrina and the people stranded in the, um, in the, uh, the, the Superdome, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if you were to help them, if you were to have a sense of urgency and act like you've got to get to these people right away, you send the message that we care about you and you cannot do that. Like most of all, can't ever let people think that you care. Um, like, I'm amazed that we got any stimulus checks at all. Those actually came through. But, I mean, I think those were kind of token, well, we got to do something. And then that's how uh, bad it was. Um, but I don't know. As a disease, it's an interesting point that you made that it just isn't bad enough as a disease to do the hardcore lockdown. because. 
one of the things that is creepy about COVID-19 is that it really, um, it's, it's kind of right there on the line. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like most people who get COVID, they don't die. Many people who get it aren't even going to have serious symptoms. But that's one of the things that makes it so insidious and that helps it spread so uh, prolifically, right? But then the wide range of symptoms, but also the wide range of severity of symptoms, that's quite worrisome. And we do, I, I mean, I have to say, whenever there is a surge, we do see a lethal and destructive virus at work. I mean, these I've never in my life seen a situation where hospitals are inundated this way. Hmm. Just nothing even close. Right. And it, so it, it, it does have to be pretty horrible. And that's why I'm saying, I yeah, but, also think, but I, th I think it comes down to there's not enough people that are killed or say crippled like in polio. Uh, that it, yeah. Well, it's just too low a rate. I mean, it may be over the long term, it would be a huge amount. You know what I'm saying? It's basically sure. kind of like plague no, left. And that's that's why it um, yeah so it's a bit problematic because the the drastic measures um, yeah are just not um, and there's the whole question about to what extent the uh, you know that you can actually you know there's only a certain extent that you can lock down right if China it had gotten out of hand before they were able to um, Clamp it down. If it had just been a little more contagious or whatever, and it became endemic, they wouldn't have been able to shut things down either, right? Because it would have just right. there's just you can't like totally shut life down for. I mean, they you could concentrate on Wuhan. Yeah, because I mean, they, they got yeah. to it right when it started to spread. Yeah, so the, there's the whole question of I mean, how effective can you be controlling a natural process, right? I mean, there's it's pretty amazing, really, the extent that we have been able to mitigate things, uh, you know, with all these vaccines and such. So, you know, it's 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 tough because, you know, I would I'm not totally against the idea of mandates, and especially when if you give the option of like testing, if you don't want to take the vaccine, you just get tested all the right. time. Right. I mean, that seems to be not that horrible, uh, uh, you know, giving up some civil rights so you can protect the population. If you're willing to be in a jar, <laughs> right. know that you're not on that dope. Yeah, and that, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good example. I, I didn't even think of that. That's tolerated to unbelievable degree. Well, that's, that's How many millions of people the are... Outrage, the outrage to the vaccine mandate is so totally phony because of a culture where no one has really had a problem with drug testing, except for your radical civil libertarian types of, of people. Um, how do you really turn around and take it seriously? You can't do that in, in America. It's like, well, of, of course you can. Like you, you can, if, if you really believed in that kind of, freedom and this is my body this is my individual right the government doesn't have this authority to do this we wouldn't have 
uh, drug testing. We, we wouldn't have it. We certainly wouldn't have it in our in the form that it has, in which it, it exists um, now. But I mean, there are even freaking uh, branches of the military that are saying no. I think it's the Marines. <laughs> go figure. Have the highest, uh, you know, the few, the proud, you know, the unvaccinated. Um, they have the highest rate of people saying that we're not going to get vaccinated. So. Um, it's it's very much just about this one thing and um being combative against the the scientific minded type of person because that's where all of this is coming from i mean ultimately the authority on this is why we have to do these things and have these mandates and wear masks it ultimately is getting back to the epidemiologists the public health experts and americans just can't stand those uh, types of people. But when I talk about that there's going to eventually be a lockdown, like what they're doing in Austria, and I think soon to do in Germany here in the United States, I'm not saying it's going to happen uh, soon. I'm saying it's the day is going to come when it's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I just don't see this thing ending. And one thing that you've got to say about uh, the pandemic is that it's really put the zap on people's head. <laughs> that it's happened and that it's still happening. And it is going to get to a point where people are really going to get sick of it and they're going to have some sort of collective awakening and it'd be like, oh my God, like we have to stop this. We've got to bring this to an end. Like we can't live like this. The idea that we're just going to, it's the new normal. It is what it is. We've got to live with it. It's like, Mm. Driving at I, night without headlights. It's not I just don't think work. this is going to happen just by exactly what we were talking about. It's it's just not a severe enough disease, right? It's just, and, and especially, I mean, you've seen to the degree that people have gotten used to it already. Um, I, you know, I don't think that's going to change. But, I mean, it's if the rate suddenly shot up and people were being killed a lot more, you know, like, you know, per capita, if it was really much more deadly disease, all of a sudden, I could, I could see that. But um, if it just kind of stays the same with these surges and and only a small percentage of people dying uh, or disabled, that you know, I think people would just accept it. Um, I think this is what's going to happen. And uh, there'll be these periods where certain places will shut down more and. But I don't. Th- I don't even know if the U.S. is going to do any more shut shut down. I mean, maybe if it gets really, really bad. But um, I don't, I'm not sure how bad it's going to get. <laughs> we'll well, see. I just but, think uh, that, that you have to judge how bad the pandemic is, not only in terms of the mortality rate, but in the duration. That without the mortality rate changing, without an increase in the percentage of people dying. The fact that it drags on and on and on and another surge and another surge, I'm saying that human beings are human beings and there'll be a point where it will just, the people will get uh, tired of it. I mean, they, they will get to a point where they don't accept it. I mean, right now, I think you're right. It's the apathetic American psychopath. Well, a lot of people are dying. This is how it has to be. It's just the way that it is. Got to get to work. Can't shut down the economy. That's what makes America great. Can't shut things down. People have to make money. That's how the system works. 
um, but uh, this the the drag of it, this on and on and on that. And like, if there's another surge, and I, I think this is definitely going to happen because the it's really just in the last 48 hours, the the uh, language has gotten quite grim from the American people, like Fauci and others, and they're basing it off of base. You know, what happens in Europe is what happens two weeks later in the United States, and uh, everybody's done a better job of dealing with this than we have, even though they're having troubles with it in Europe. But the language that the Europeans speak about it is totally different from America, where they're not afraid to talk about how bad it is, just beyond these very rigid and stale ways of saying, and this is bad because uh, people die and we want to do this to alleviate the strain on our healthcare system. That's the way Top Gun Joe would uh, say it in his um his uh dementia <laughs> written yeah. brain brain dead like read off the card like just you know remember the the warm milk last night and what we went over on the card there we go joe on the card anyway <laughs> i mean that and that's the way they'll talk about it but the the people in europe are talking you know that this is really bad and i don't think that last year's surge in the united states we had the Delta variant. Yeah, the Delta variant. I don't think really shot up until April, and that was in in India. And so now we're going to have it in the United States. Another surge. You're, it's all really bad in Europe, and you have the Delta variant driving this one. So I'm going to say we get to a million dead by February the first. Okay. We're already at 770,000. So I guess one thing that would be interesting to predict is how soon before we get to 800,000, because then it starts to really get uh, exciting, doesn't it? (laughs) You can sort of almost. You're almost there, but not quite. Yeah, Yeah, so we'd need. Well, I mean, it's the current death rate of. It'd be 30 days. Uh, I was going to say, do we get there before the end of the year? Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely because it's kind of surging again. Right. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, and it's, this is a more contagious variant. So, yeah, I'm, it's looking like at least it might be uh, three weeks uh, if the death rate goes back up, which it probably will because it's always lags a week or so behind the the uh, infection numbers. I mean, we just need another, what, 30,000 to die? Just another 30,000. We'll be there, man. And so if it's uh, at 3,000 a day, that'd be 10 days. What is it now, about 1,500 or 1,000 mm-hmm. a day? Well, the the peak... The last peak was on September 24th. That was over 2,000 a day. Uh, so, yeah, it'll quickly get there if it shoots up to 2,000 a day. Right. Yeah, I mean, that'll be, that'll be a couple, couple weeks. 15 days. Right. Yeah, I mean, so 
I mean, uh, 15 days, and then you need another 200,000, and then the 2,000 days, that's what, another 100 days to get to a million. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write down three weeks. I'm gonna say three weeks with eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand, and then three months to get to a million. I mean, and that's February, right? December one, January two, February three. Maybe it'd be the end of February. Maybe I'll amend it to that. I'll say by the end of February, we get to a million debt. Bye. All right, your bets loaded in. All right, man, it's pod. For David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast. Au revoir.